Hey, Adam, are you back yet? I don't see you. I see an empty chair. Where you at, buddy? I'm Peter Martin, and you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast daily jazz advice coming at you. Adam is still on vacation. He's on an extended trip to Disney World. Must be nice. Start the year out in a little sun in Florida with your family, but um, we're very happy for him. A well-deserved break, so I'm holding it down this week. We had some fun the last few days over at the piano. We're back in the pod cave. I'm here with our producer, uh, Andrew, and we're having a good time. And today, we're going to start out with uh start out well we're already into 2019 but it feels like we're still at the beginning of the year and you know we love the controversies here at the you'll hear it podcast we do not shy away from controversies whether adam's here or not so i want to be clear on that one so today we're going to cover seven jazz controversies and i'm going to actually just sort of tell you um you know my feelings on each one of these we actually just recorded this episode but our quality control is so high here at the You'll Hear podcast, that we are re-recording it because we didn't like the way the first one came out. I actually gave like a um, devil's advocate uh, um, both viewpoints for each of these controversies, and it was just kind of silly because I know how I feel about each of these. So we're going to get more to the point. We're coming at you with the truth. That's how we do it. So we got seven jazz controversies, and you know, why are there so many controversies in jazz? Why is jazz so controversial? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not, but it feels like it is. And I think it comes down to like one of those things where anything that people are passionate about, you know, both as listeners and, and lifestyle and, and players and everything, if you're passionate about something, you're gonna, it's going to be controversial. And there's things that are going to come up and people are going to want to argue about it. I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it means people care. It means people love this. I mean, you know, are there um, accounting controversies? Yeah, I guess there are too. People, people love that. I don't know. Are there controversies about, um, what kind of water I'm drinking this year? No, there are not because I'm enjoying sparkling water from Whole Foods. Thank you very much. Orange. Um, I don't know why I gave him a plug, but I did. So, um, anyway, let's get right into these. We got seven jazz controversies handpicked by yours truly. Adam had nothing to do with this. Let's be clear on that. Number one, you got to know the history. Okay. This is one I've been hearing forever. And I think it's kind of controversial because it's so, people take this to the extreme. It's just like, if you don't know the entire history of jazz piano, you can't be a great jazz pianist. If you don't, if you can't, this is taking it to the extreme. Like, if you're not an expert ragtime player, there's no way you can be a great modern jazz piano player because the music, the lineage of jazz piano started with ragtime. And first of all, that's not even true. It started before ragtime, but even if that's a place of departure. So I don't believe in this. And the main reason is, is because I know a lot of really good players that are not incredible ragtime players. They can't even play it at all. So a lot of times you can pick up a lot of the stuff that you need um, that came from the history from later players because they picked it up. And then you can combine it in your own way. And yeah, of course, the more you know, that's be- the better. But I also think it's great to focus. So now you should at least be able to hear and know something about ragtime, be able to identify it at a minimum, I think, in order to be, I mean, 
the thing is, it's, it's this shouldn't be so controversial too because if you're interested in jazz, you're going to be interested in ragtime at some point. But do you need to be practicing it every time and, and to be a, a incredible stride player to be able to play modern jazz? No, of course not. And and in fact, even if you can do all that, that doesn't make you a great player. Even if you can play every different style, sometimes a little bit of specialization, specialization is better anyway. So you don't need to know the entire history, and that's as a listener to this music too. You just need to know what you like. That'll take you down some different rabbit holes of areas that you want to learn more about. But I never feel like you have to do homework or have to be prepared um, from like a chronological standpoint to play or to listen to this music. So I don't know. That make, make me a little controversial. Now, having said that, I studied this music a lot. I mean, I studied most of these styles, but some more than others. And I think it's however far you want to take it. Um, the more you learn, you know, the more you learn, the more you earn. I don't know about that. But but the more you learn in the right ways, the deeper you can kind of get into the music. But at a certain point, you got to trust what it is you have a passion for as well. Okay, that's number one. Number two of our seven jazz controversies. Jazz is dead. Okay, this keeps coming up as a controversy. I think there's even like a band called Jazz is Dead or something like that. Um, and it comes up from different times from sort of naysayers that are like, there's no good players anymore, jazz died in 1959, all these different things. And this is just, it's just wrong. It shouldn't even be a controversy. Every day around the world, in many, many places, there's thousands of, of um, great jazz music performed live and performed on record and audiences listening to it. They're edified and enjoy the music. And it brings joy to them and they have a passion for it, the players and the, uh, the listeners. So that's when jazz is alive. When any art form is alive is when it's being produced and consumed, right? And that's happening all the time in jazz. I mean, I see it. I participate in it. And, you know, uh, are the trends going down? Possibly at different times, although I think we're actually on an upswing with the music. But in any case, jazz is, is definitely not dead. Jazz did not die when any great jazz player left us because there's always other players coming up. Now, do we have a responsibility to keep the quality high and keep it invigorated or else listeners will leave? Absolutely. It has to be promoted correctly and marketed and all these things, but jazz is not dead. I can guarantee you that. So controversy debunked, right? Two for two so far. Number three, jazz musicians dress like nowadays. Um, This is a little bit controversial because... You know, we always think about freedom of expression with the music and wear whatever you want. And we're trying to go against the trend of like classical musicians where they have to wear a uniform and like we're improvising and we're free spirited and all these kind of good things. But look, there's there, the level of dress and style has definitely gone down. I mean, if you go into like your top jazz clubs in New York and stuff, it's pretty shocking sometimes to see what people are wearing. Not even the casual nature. I, I get that. I mean, because our culture has become more casual, but just the inattention to style. And, and you know, I think about um, our dearly b- departed brother, Roy Hargrove, was such an influence musically and, and, and with a trumpet, but I'm reminded from watching these videos of him recently what a trial, uh, uh, trial style trendsetter he was as well. And um, and he didn't do it just in that. Yeah, when we all came up in the 90s, everyone was wearing oak tree suits and like, 
you know, with the with the skinny ties and the big, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's not just about dressing up. I mean, he brought the hip hop element and 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 the jazz element, all these things together. But he was mainly just stylishly put together with his own style that fit him and his look and his size and his trumpet and all that kind of stuff and fit his music. So it was very exciting for people to come see him play because you heard great playing, but you saw a style that he um, portrayed on stage that matched his sound you know it was it was organic and and flowed within the way that he played so I think a lot of great players have done this um in over the years in jazz and it seems like we're kind of starting to lose that so I would have to agree with this controversy and I think it is a little controversial but Kat's got to step it up a little bit out here all right all right so that's uh three down nailed number three as well um number four of our seven jazz controversies controversies jazz should not be called jazz now, this one I'm really kind of split on because jazz, it, it really was a word that was misapplied. Um, well, look, let me first just say I'm not an expert on this at all and like the entomology of all this um, and the little bit of things that I've heard. I, I know there's a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, probably the biggest one was the PBS documentary by by Ken Burns, which is really good. But I think, I don't know if it was he or people are on there basically saying that jazz came from New Orleans, the word uh, and from like Jasmine and stuff, that is definitely not true. That's been proven over and over again. Um, jazz started as like some kind of sort of baseball reference and then was applied to those originally Dick, Dixieland recordings. And then, you know, pretty quickly went more with like the Chicago scene of that music that was being recorded like in the 1910s and up into 1920. And then really my understanding is in the 20s, jazz, the word jazz was being applied to you know, kind of anything that was like the new dance sound music, even a lot of stuff that we don't look back on as jazz. So there was a problem with the term from the beginning. Um, and then there's the whole obscene side of it, which I'm not sure if that's true or not, because a lot of the people studying it say that that actually was not where the word came from. But the, the, the fact of the thing is we are where we are now. And I could just say that jazz for most people in the world, musicians and listeners and just people that don't even know the music has a very positive connotation. So even though it has this negative history when when I hear jazz when most people hear jazz they're thinking of you know Miles Davis or Louis Armstrong or or just a certain sound and aesthetic that's amazing and incredible and really describes or at least you know is a title of this art form this great art form that came out of the black American musical experience the African American musical experience with all these different influences but what we know of today as this creative improvised music with swing and funk and blues and all these different elements to it uh, and there's always you know it's always you never want to be like this is the only thing that's the genre of jazz but we kind of know what jazz is now so I would say that it should be called jazz because that's the word that we have now and it's very hard to switch to something else so this is definitely controversial though so this one I'm not going to say I nailed it on this one and I'm 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 wa I'm walking lightly because there's a, a number of very thoughtful people that really think that jazz should be taken out of our vocabulary entitled. But it's a little bit like the horse is out of the barn as well on this one. Okay, let's quickly move on before I get stuck in that controversy to number five, and that is are institutions good for jazz? So where I th I'm thinking of like jazz and Lincoln Center, SF Jazz. Um, uh, jazz St. Louis. These are just kind of on the top of my head, but there's many great institutions of jazz around the world. The Danish Radio Orchestra is a great big band supported by the Danish government. I believe I've actually played with them. They're incredible, and it's dedicated institution for jazz. And I think that these institutions are fantastic for jazz. The controversy is, is like, do they put the 
jazz too much in the museum or make them too much like classical music. And sometimes they do, but there's always a balance with like the clubs and the young players and all these things. So the institutions are just one part of jazz, but they're great for jazz. I mean, there's so many uh, compositions and events and um, commissions and and work for musicians and great concerts for audiences that would have never happened without these institutions. So I think we don't want to institutionalize jazz, but the, the 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 emergence of the strong jazz institutions over the last you know ten to twenty years has been one of the great things to keep jazz alive. I believe you still need the clubs, you still need the people, you still need the streets, absolutely. But the institutions are part of it. All right, number six of our jazz controversies. Now this was just stupid. I don't even know why this is a controversy. Can you learn jazz? Why is that controversial still? Yes, of course you can. That's been proven over and over again. But there's people still that believe like, no, you can't learn it. You just got to feel the music. It has to be fairy dust sprinkled on you by an elder statesman. Um, you have to be born in poverty and learn the blues to be able to play jazz. Um, this That's just all BS. So many great people have learned the music. Now, there's number of players that are way too academic and have only learned it at educational institutions and sound corny yes of course but that doesn't mean you can't learn jazz look at all the great players that came up in jazz you know conservatories and programs and stuff now amazing players um you know Sullivan Fortner who's one of my favorite of the young younger generation of pianists I mean one of the best jazz pianists in the world I believe right now he I actually taught him when he was like 13 14 years old when he first started getting into jazz in New Orleans and then he went through a great high school institution, NOCA, Creative Arts High School in New Orleans, and then uh, went to Oberlin and somewhere else for grad school, and, but always learned in the clubs and from recordings as well. So absolutely, you can learn jazz. All right, number seven, our final jazz controversy. A Andrew, are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. You've seen the list, though, so these, these aren't surprises for you, are they? Yeah. Are, are, are you feeling controversial? He's feeling good. He's not feeling controversial. He didn't have to say all this crap like I did, though. Okay, number seven of our controversies. Um, is jazz America's classical music? Okay, I kind of hate this one. I think I've said it before. And look, if you're going to answer that question, I guess you'd say yes. I hate the premise to this statement. I hate that, like, jazz, because it, it, it implies that jazz has to be legitimized by being elevated to the point of classical music, of, like, saying, well... It's such a Eurocentric way of looking at things of like saying, well, classical music is the greatest art that's ever created in the world. That's false. I mean, classical music is amazing. European classical music and what it's become. And it's not even European. I mean, it's a worldwide phenomenon of music, just like jazz has become. But it was born in Europe and, and, and during a certain time and has a certain tradition and all that kind of stuff. And jazz is different. I mean, jazz, yeah, it has some classical elements, but it's got a lot of other elements too. But mainly jazz is its own thing, its own original American, African-American music. So why does it have to be legitimized by saying it's America's classical music? No, jazz music is jazz music. It's America's music and um, even that's corny to say it's America's music but it doesn't need to be like say well it's developed to the point where it's as complex and has the scores and the pictures and the recordings and the history and lineage that classical music is so now we can bequeath upon it the name classical music no it's its own thing all right controversy ended myths debunked I did it seven for seven well number four was a little uh, questionable um all right Let's do a quick recap of our jazz controversies. Number one, you got to know the history. Number two, jazz is dead. Number three, jazz musicians dress like 
nowadays. Number four, jazz should not be called jazz. Number five, are institutions good for jazz? Number six, can you learn jazz? And number seven, is jazz America's classical music? Okay, uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, if you did, please leave us a rating and review. You can go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Actually, just go to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a rating review. We would really appreciate that. We've had phenomenal growth with the podcast because of listeners and seven-star reviews. Hint, hint from you guys so let's start the new year out right big shout out to youtube check us out there you can leave a comment there we'd love to hear what you think of these jazz controversies hopefully you agree with everything i said um if you didn't please let me know that would be really cool to hear about that maybe you know another jazz controversy we should talk about but until tomorrow 